0: Tefano, morning, Liv and I are actually in the same room together for the first time. I feel like we say this all the time. For the first time in ages, we're back together. But it has
1: been the first time in ages. I am very excited about this. It's so nice to see your face opposite me and not on that screen over there. I know. We spend our whole days looking at screens, so
0: for us to be able to actually do this not on a screen, the dream. It's a privilege. Also, first caveat of the day, Liv is missing one voice.
1: I am missing one voice or areas of my voice. Um, it's not COVID, everyone. It's not COVID. I've done a ridiculous amount of tests, um, but it just seems to be this like lingering thing that's going on. Yeah. Anyway, I'm here, but my voice isn't. So, <laughs> so I mean, one
0: day we'll have a perfect recording where neither of us are sick, uh-huh. neither of us are like down in the dumps. Neither of us are absent. We're, we're just, not yin and yanging. We're, we're just ying like ying. on
1: the same page. I cannot wait for that day. I know. I'm I dreaming like, about that day. I don't
0: know if the microphones can handle the day. I feel no, like I would just be no. yelling. We're going to have to sort of set it apart. <laughs> anyway, love, we have got a really, really good episode in store today. We do. So we actually will go through the co-popper of the episode because... We often forget, as you all know, but today it's just too good not to talk about. So first of all, I'm going to start off and I'm going to tell you a little story about a real-life naughty or nice that happened to me. Oh, um, we're splicing things up. We are spicing this up. You know about it. It's about what happened to me on Twitter the other day.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And we have to oh, talk about it. Can't wait to dive into that because... Kind of fucked.
0: Yeah. And I feel like Culture Vulture is the safe space to bring this up and analyze it rather than doing it maybe on Twitter or on social media. Definitely. We
1: get some context. We get some tone. All of those good things. All
0: those good things. And then, Liv, you are talking about something that we've honestly wanted to touch on for a long
1: time. Yeah. We are talking today about the 27 Club. Just a really kind of fascinating phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like... I've brought this up to a couple of people and they've been like, what is that? Mm. And I didn't realise that some people kind of didn't know what the 27 part yeah. is.
0: I feel like our Gen Z have less of maybe – The people that are living on to talk Mm. about these icons that passed away at 27, and so it hasn't been passed along so far.
1: That's so true, but if you haven't heard about it, today you will, and it's really fascinating, and there's a whole lot of other great, like, media sources and everything that you can read up and listen to about it. So... Yeah, excited for that one.
0: Same. We should probably just say, we're going to put a content warning in here. Yes. So when we get to the 27 Club part of this episode, we do talk about death quite a lot. We talk about things like overdose and injury and self-injury, and, and it can be quite a heavy topic. I mean, in general, it is a heavy topic. It's a
1: very heavy topic. I mean, most of the deaths are around drug abuse or yes. suicide or um, kind of those scary topics yeah so if you don't want to listen into that if that's too much for you today absolutely fair enough just maybe go and listen to one of our lighter episodes yeah
0: but the first half of this you're gonna to want to listen to anyway um look first of all what describes your week darl? oh
1: look well you this morning <laughs> yeah being asked to be in The Battle of the Bands.
0: (laughs) No, like, this is honestly the high school, like, dream. I was telling Liv, I think I used to fantasize about this when I was at high school, because I loved Camp Rock, loved High School Musical, loved Band Slam, loved School of Rock. Literally.
1: I'm really excited about it, because it's something I didn't think I'd do, and, um basically the other day everyone in our office had gone and I thought I was in it by myself because they'd all gone for like a burger or something on Friday and so I was listening to like Billie Eilish or something and I was just humming along and then this other guy from our office was in like a different room and he comes out and he's like oh my god was that you singing like blah 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 and then this morning he's like do you want to be at a band for Battle of the Band so literally fun.
0: it's like um when uh, Finn from Glee was singing in the bathrooms yeah. and weirdly <laughs> weirdly Matthew Morrison the teacher Mr. Schuster walks in to the fucking bath or the showers and that just got like because I was there to witness this whole this whole just inter- like hoping
1: you're going to be picked up by someone
0: yeah just, like, la, no la, 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 la. singing in the supermarket <laughs> like just
1: hoping they're recording <laughs> I, was I was at just, childhood no uh, no, childhood. honestly, I lived in the middle of fucking nowhere. I would, like, sing really loudly on the trampoline. Like, my nearest neighbour was a kilometre no. down the road. Like, what
0: did I think? So I would play the keyboard by my window, open window, knowing <laughs> that my neighbours could maybe hear me. And, water. like, it's just so funny how relatable this so all is. so funny.
1: I blame it on, like... TV shows yeah. and movies where that shit happens to people. Oh, but
0: look, dream book. Now it's it happened. happened. to me. It yeah. has happened. So everyone, um, your, your dreams might
1: come true. Keep through. singing in strange places. Just
0: keep keep singing like nobody's watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. I really can't. I cannot wait. I'm dying. I just can't wait.
1: Really, really funny, Luce, What describes your week?
0: Um, not nearly as culturally relevant or as much of a dream come true. But <laughs> My week um has been a lot of leaning in.
1: Love that. So the first
0: thing I've me and Liv actually talked about this in the week and the first thing I've leant in um to finally, I think, well I'm trying, I probably won't be able to lean in like perfectly always. It's a journey. It's a journey is um we've talked about this before. I get incredibly bad anxiety like the next day after I've been drinking.
1: Even if I've done nothing bad. Oh, like, she'll literally do nothing at all and wake up. I mean, I'm the same as well. We'll both yeah. do it. Wake up, barely even fucking talk to anyone the night before yeah. and just be like, oh, my God, I'm humiliating.
0: Yes. Like, I am humiliating. And then I had a really lovely night out on Friday night um, with a lot of people that I hadn't met before. But, like, I knew that I was fine. I knew that I was being personable. I just get overly affectionate and quite loud and, like, you know. And, and that's a fine thing to do when you're – there's a lot worse things to do when you're drunk sure i woke up in the morning and i like had a little bit of anxiety but then i was like no i am tired of facing these demons every single time i wake up like they are just who i am genuinely like, like and,
1: it's, and i decided it's like when you're drunk i guess there's this extra version of you that's released right but it's still like in you <laughs> it's like you kind of have to just accept it I know and then the more you don't accept it the more you kind of try and push it away I feel like the more it comes out yes it's when like, you are drinking Liv
0: I imagine you because we sort of talked about this and you said yeah I just lean in now to how I get when I'm yeah. drunk I feel like with you it's like people wanting to have deep chats with you or you having deep chats with people yeah and you wake up the next morning you're like well why the fuck just is I like over getting here? like
1: so fucking philosophical yes. or like telling them about something yes. that happened to me when I was like seven years old or something stupid no
0: and it's like this is what we're like
1: yeah no literally and
0: so instead of battling the demons which like aren't even that bad um I've decided to just lean in lean into that
1: I love that actually I did have a little bit of that this week as well just like when things happen to me in my life I'm just someone that like I have to tell someone right after and like you're the same but I get this real like fuck because I'll feel good just after I've said it and then like half an hour later I'll just be like Why? Like, why did you go into that much detail? Or, like, why did you let that person into your private life? Even though it's, like, your best friends or whatever. And it's how good friendships are formed. A hundred percent. And, like, it's good to be vulnerable and open. But there's still that bit of society that's kind of, like, keep it cool and chill and whatever. And I can't. And then... Yeah, and then when you kind of talked to me about it at brunch, we went out for brunch and Lucy was like, I'm leaning in, I'm sick of being hungover and anxious and yeah. everything. And I was just kind of thinking like, fuck yeah, like yeah. I overshare. Yeah. That's it. But it's like with us, it's
0: not even oversharing. It's like mm. a, a quite a good amount of sharing, but I think it's just because a lot of people around us maybe don't share that much. Yes. That in comparison, we you seem feel like. feel like you're just naked yes. in front of them. Oh, honestly. and And it's. I sometimes will be like, nah, not telling anyone yeah, about anything. This thing. <laughs> this thing happened, and then I'm like bursting at the seams, Literally. Or I'll have one drink and I'll be like, okay, guys, this yeah. thing happened. You'll never believe it. And I'll wake up in the morning and be like, you were meant to keep that yeah, to you yourself, were... <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> that was meant to be private. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, and then on the other side of that, also mm. leaning into, I mean, this is kind of oversharing. Like, to its extreme, like, leaning in. I'm really feeling – this is going to sound so random. I'm really feeling, like, social media at the moment. Okay. Crack up because it's my job. Yeah. But there was a bit of time where I absolutely adored the newsletter, which I still do. But I was like, maybe I'm not, like, an Instagram girl anymore. Maybe, like, shit you should care about is more newsletter or Mm -hmm. blah,
1: blah, blah. Anyway, then – Started leaning into TikTok, yeah, doing some days. This was always gonna happen, and I was waiting for the day that you started picking up TikTok and rolling with it. I'm, I'm loving it. It had to happen naturally. For a while, I was like no,
0: Mm. I can't spend my time doing that. I've got so much other shit to do. But then I was like, actually, it's fun. It's like reminding me of the early days of shit you should care about. Yeah, it's
1: like when you kind of don't know what you're doing and you have that freedom to explore it because you haven't created that mold for yourself. Yeah, Yeah. Hardly
0: any followers, like really low stakes. You can Mm -hmm. just do whatever you want, which like is Instagram is terrifying because there's such a huge following. So I feel like that really invigorated my... I can do social media. I actually love it. And then also, there's been a lot of day in the lives, which is actually really cute. Like, today you are going to see, if you go onto our TikTok, you'll see Liv and I, like, in the podcast studio recording this podcast. You know, you'll see little clips. You you won't see, like, all of us, but you'll see enough of us that I think it will
1: really make this all make a bit more sense Yeah, to I you. think it will give you context. Yeah. Like, I love that. I mean, obviously, Lucy and I don't show our faces, and we won't, and yeah. that's just what happens. But... I do love listening to a podcast and then <laughs> looking the people up because then it just, like, changes the experience. Yeah,
0: And it's like I, I also did a speaking event last week and, and everyone that met me was sort of like, oh, my God, I love that, you know, I knew your voice and I knew what you thought before I knew what you looked like because it doesn't matter and then they were so yes. excited to meet us and I feel like it just takes away the pressure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, and then so – Really been leaning into social media, which is hilarious because my naughty or nice is about how I sort of had to lean out of social media Ooh, for the weekend.
1: Yes, but not by your fault. Not at any fault of my own. Yeah. And I'm
0: aware of this. Um, didn't stop a fucking shiver from running down my absolute spine oh, when it happened. Feel like death. no. Truly. So I'm going to tell you a little story about what happened um, on Twitter. As we said before, really resonates with the leaning into social media thing. So um, I have been getting into TikTok. You know, that's what we do. So I've been scrolling on it a little bit and I found the sound that I really wanted to use. And it was cute. It was going to be a really cute thing that I made. But again, people didn't have this context that I was going to go and make something really cute and wholesome. And so the sound was, it was something like... It's not a flop error. It's just one flop. Like it was like, you know, yeah. about how you can do something bad, but it's not but a it flop. But it doesn't era. overtake your yeah. life. Like it's a one thing. Which is one ironic because yeah. of what happened. So heard <laughs> the sound, thought, wow, I should make a really cute Harry Styles TikTok to this. Um about how even if he's worn a bad outfit or something, it's he's not it's not a flop era. Like he still thrives. We love him. And so I actually was racking my brains, and I couldn't think of a time he'd even had a flop outfit. So I went to Twitter, and I was like, you know, has Harry Styles ever had a flop outfit? And a whole bunch of question marks, like an actual question. I wasn't insinuating anything. Actual question. And then I said, (laughs) And if you were, who the fuck cares? It's a fucking outfit. Send pics, please. And then I logged off Twitter, because, like, we do have an actual job. Like, all Mm. the social media stuff is stuff to make content that is, like, running alongside running this actual business and writing our scripts and stuff like that. So I logged off because I had a meeting or something. Got back on, live, Like, hundreds, if not thousands, of replies, quote, tweets, <laughs> telling me I was the worst person in the entire world. Get Harry Styles's name out of my fucking mouth. If they see shit you should care about in the streets, they're going to knock them dead. Like, literal, people were wanting me dead for saying, well, not even saying, for suggesting, like, has Harry Styles ever had a bad outfit? And, like, even though in my right mind I know that this doesn't matter, when you have hundreds of people coming for you saying that they want you dead or that you're the worst thing ever or that you can not like a thing that you absolutely adore like Harry Styles, you just, like, your body runs cold.
1: I can't even imagine. I would have puked in the toilet No,
0: not I was like, holy fuck, I'd left it up for like half an hour. Um. Also, just like, Harry Styles' whole thing is treat people with kindness. And like, yeah. And the way that these people what? were responding to me. It was like I'd done something absolutely unforgivable. So this brought up a few things for me and I talked to you and Ruby about it because whenever something like this happens, which we're really lucky that it's not very often that I will get scared from the internet because the whole job relies on me feeling pretty comfortable to just like mm-hmm. say whatever. Um... And I usually – I have quite a good grasp on it. But I
1: talked to Ruby and Liv because I was feeling real anxious about it. Well, we were in a meeting and then Lucy was like, guys, before we start talking about whatever the fuck we were going to be talking about, I'm being cancelled right now. Like, kind of hardcore. And we were like, what the fuck? Like, what happened? And then she explains the situation as she just did on mic and sorry, like, Ruby and I were both like, are you fucking kidding? Like, that is so fucked up yeah. on so many levels. This is the toxic side of yeah. fandom.
0: Yes. and this Not is okay. What, like, we are here to stand up for fans always. Like, mm. we have made it a huge part of shit you should care about. But I do feel like when things like this happen, it's also our responsibility to educate on this kind of thing. Because... We are here for you, and it won't be anyone listening to this no. that has been saying these things, but it did, it brought up a few things that I thought we should talk about on mic. So the first thing was that, like, and we spoke about this, Liv, you should be able to admit that even someone that you adore can make a mistake. Like, people are human. Yeah, people are human. And again, this was a super low stakes way that we could have, like, learnt that, People can make mistakes. Like, I asked about an outfit. This wasn't a huge life or death like situation. It wasn't like it was about
1: his behavior and, like, yeah. you were, you know, trying to, yeah. trying to shit talk no, him in God any way, no. shape or form. So I
0: just think, like, this was a good chance for us to be, like, it's quite unhealthy to think that this person that you have mm. deified so much couldn't possibly do something wrong. Mm. Um, and it's just really human to be able to... You know, accept that we're all flawed, even celebrities, even me, even you, Liv. Mm-hmm. And all these people that were sort of replying to the comments, I'm sure they have stepped a foot wrong in their lives. Which brings me to my next thing is that, like, it's also a good um, reminder, which we're usually pretty good at, is that, like, no one in your real life would ever say these things to you. No, so ever. I deleted Twitter for the weekend, which was fine because everything blew over. It was absolutely fine. Um, It was a small deal in the grand scheme of things. But I deleted Twitter and then I went and I lived my real life. I did meetings. I talked to people. I talked to other people that have had shit happen to them online. And they were all like, you know, Lucy, you know people respect you. You know that you talk about some incredibly difficult issues on your platform. Mm -hmm. And they are things that you... Yeah, if you'd put a foot wrong, you should be worried about. This is
1: not this something. This is not one of those things. Like, as soon as you told us about it, it was like, okay, yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, obviously horrible that you're getting that sort of hate. It's just what Twitter's built for. Yeah. It's, just it's just everyone. Emotional, it, isn't yeah,
0: it? Yeah, and it's just, it's built to strip context. It's built to have, like, one mm. villain every day. Yes. Like, in every fandom or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's the it's whole, like playing into
1: the roles, isn't it? And yeah. it's, like, making it up so that there's tea all the time. Yes,
0: and it's sort of built to tear people down. Like, people love a villain, people don't love giving grace. And then yeah. I just – so deleted Twitter, um, realised that in my real life, you know, we know no. And and that's the same with Instagram and things. People always ask us how we deal with the trolls and all that kind of stuff, especially when we were, like, reporting on Trump or whatever during mm-hmm. the elections. And it was just simply a case of we do not – these people are faceless. We don't know what – We we don't know anyone in real life that would say these things.
1: The really interesting thing that we always find and that I know other, you know, media people or content creators or whoever it is that's getting hate from people online find that if you do reply to them, like if you get this horrible hate filled message and you reply to them being like, oh, like, what are you actually upset about? Like, whatever. They always backtrack. Yeah. They always backtrack and they just want some form of attention. They basically just want to be able to communicate, but, like, yeah. in the most fucked up way possible. So then you realise, like, fuck, these are just, like, lonely people behind the screen. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not wanting to give them much empathy here, but, but that is the case. Yeah.
0: And so, obviously, I mean, this isn't an advice podcast, but the best advice I could ever give you is no, give no time. No. Give no time. Give no response. Give nothing. Um, unless you know you've made a mistake, and then you yeah, absolutely. Are like, oh, There's a different. Oh shit! I did this. This is what I did. Let's all learn together. I mean, the same thing we talk about every podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing, just really quickly, I wanted to touch on. It's kind of cringe, but also kind of true. It's just like a reminder that there actually is a person, and this is so not a hot take, but like there is a person behind like every account you interact with, even if it's got a fucking verified tick. Sorry. Not a corporation, just a person. Like a person there.
1: like, like you. your brother,
0: <laughs> or like your you. <laughs> sister.
1: Like literally, we're all just people, and so is Harry Styles. Yeah. And this is why he can sometimes. I mean, I haven't seen a photo. No, but <laughs> I'm sure there's been times in his life where he's been like, not feeling my outfit yeah. today. Why did I wear that? Yeah. So
0: um, that is just a really good low stakes example. I've been talking a lot about low stakes mistakes, mm. <laughs> but this wasn't even a mistake. This is just a low stakes example of like what it can feel like to be trolled mm-hmm. and like also just
1: it's I don't scary know, some learning.
0: It is, it's scary, but and it's also just like, oh, we should learn from this because this isn't very healthy, no, is it? Exactly. Anyway, Liv. So that's that's my um naughty or nice. That so was naughty. Definitely naughty.
1: Definitely naughty. And and easy, and naughty. <laughs> and easy naughty. An easy naughty.
0: And now I'm really excited to talk about our main event. Again, this is where you should switch off, go and listen to something else if you don't want to hear about the 27 Club. But Liv, I'm
1: excited to learn from you about what the fuck the 27 Club is. Yes. So as I said in the intro, I didn't realise how many people didn't know about it. I don't know how I've even heard about it. I don't think. Like, I'm presuming that I grew up... um, and my parents really loved music, and you know, they would play Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and the Rolling Stones and like the people that were part of this 27 club. And so I guess, like, I'm sure maybe one day dad said, Oh, yeah, did you know? Like, yeah, I'm, where, as Lucy, what yeah. a we
0: story. I'm, well, I'm just wondering whether like Liv found out the same way that I did and just doesn't remember, or we talked about it when mm. we became friends. But, love, do you remember Rookie? Like the, yeah. best, the best publication, best magazine, like basically brought up. Oh, yeah. Us up. Fucking loved it. I would buy the yearbooks each year. And yes. I must have been year, what? We would have been year nine or 10 or 11 when Rookie was really, really zeitgeisty for us. Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting there one day reading through a yearbook. It was just all these pieces compiled. I'd actually love to do a Cisco version of the Rookie yearbook. It's so oh, it'd be amazing. Cool. And I remember reading a piece called The 27 Club. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? And then it was just this gorgeous piece written by another young person. Or I don't even know if it was a young person. But it was in Rocky, which was the coolest publication ever. And I was sitting there and I was just feeling so clued up about the world, so, like, ulti. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I'm sitting here learning about all these fucking all these great stars that died at
1: 27. And, and like, it's mysterious. It's dramatic. Yeah,
0: and that's why I wondered if we had the same founding or if we are just – because I knew we both
1: knew about it even at high school. Yeah, we did. I – it rings a bell. Like, yeah. it definitely rings a bell. I never had the yearbooks. Yeah. I know you did, and I used to come and oh, read yeah. them at your house. Oh, they're amazing. They were amazing. I would always just go on the website, and yes. there'd be, like, awesome articles about everything under yeah. the sun. Like, it does ring a bell, yeah, but I'm gonna link, I can't for sure tell you that that's how I heard yeah, about it.
0: I'm going to link the piece, because um, I just read it before getting on uh, mic. I'm going to link it, because it's just so good and so, so nostalgic. But oh anyway, so that's how... Like, And I think it's good for young people to be... Like, it was a young person's publication. It basically uh-huh. walked so shit you should care about could run. Um, and I don't think... I mean, in 2022, I bet people would say it's, like, moral panicky to have young people reading
1: about the 27 Club and all these greats who died. Mm. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because it's basically all about drug and alcohol abuse and loneliness and the state of the music industry, which we talked about. Yeah. Was it last week? Last week. Last week. Like, Musicians Mental Health, it's – was that the week before? Oh, might have been the week before. Anyway, you'll see.
0: There's an episode somewhere in this damn feed. Yeah, about musicians. <laughs> so to these the world. kind of
1: these two episodes sort of work hand in hand mm. because we talked about the state of the music industry, the state of touring, how much of an impact it has on the mental health of musicians, and how they turn to drugs and alcohol to sort of self-medicate. And then the Twenty Seven Club is kind of like. The consequence of that. Yeah so Liv what is the 27 Club? So the 27 Club is a group mainly of musicians but there are also some actors and artists and other kind of like cultural people who all coincidentally died at 27. So it actually became properly famous in 1994 after the death of Kurt Cobain who was Nirvana's lead singer. Um, But it was kind of People did start talking about it in the 70s, like the early 70s, when Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Brian Jones and Jimi Hendrix, who are all big rock and roll stars, they all died within two years of each other, all at the age of 27. So people were kind of like, fuck, like this is a bit of a club. But the thing is, as we will get into later, it's kind of a myth because... There's no evidence to show that more people die at 27 or more musicians die at 27 than other ages. It's actually the age 56 is the most um, kind of common age to die as a musician, but we'll get into that later. Um, So as I said before, it kind of came about properly as a cultural phenomenon when Kurt Cobain died because Kurt Cobain's mum said in an interview, now he's gone and joined that stupid club. I told him not to join that stupid club. And people assumed that she was talking about the club of people who died at 27. But other people have said, oh, there were quite a few suicides in his family. Kurt Cobain died of suicide. So some people were like, she was talking about that club. Right. But it's kind of gone down in history as the 27 club.
0: And it's probably helpful for us to note that mm. it's not like a legit club no. that these people sat around and were like, yeah, we're going to make a pact that Not we're at all. all at 27, that's it. It no. is something that it's the media and the world has said, well, all these people died in such a short amount of time at the same age, we're going to coin at the 27 Club also from that interview. So it's not like uh, the Illuminati or something, they yeah. all got together and decided.
1: No, exactly, and it's that whole... Thing where humans are obsessed with patterns, yes, and we kind of will create patterns and labels or meaning when there's not really anything there. I mean, there is something here, but saying that musicians often die at 27 isn't true um then it kind of came back into modern day chat chat yeah i guess when amy winehouse died Mm. in 2011 and she was also 27 and that's sort of when it gained traction within the last kind of decade or so um yeah and it just kind of speaks a lot about our morbid obsession with death and like iconography mm. so an idealism like idealism. being
0: like well if I'm tortured I'm an yes. artist I might as well go down in history and be yes, part of this that list that is the
1: thing go down in history and there's some people who have kind of been like did people you know want to die at 27 yes. so they could go down in history like there's always that element we'll probably never know because we don't know the inner workings of all of these musicians minds mm. but it's really fucking interesting yes so I think To start off with, I'll go through kind of who's in it or there's so many, so, so, so many people in it because obviously anyone that died at 27 who was part of this cultural scene could be in the 27 Club, but I'll just go through the kind of main people Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to go in kind of a timeline. So first person who was kind of added after this all came out in retrospect is a musician called Robert Johnson. So he was a really big blues musician, and the thing is with the 27 Club, and what is so interesting is that a lot of the deaths are kind of, like, mysterious or unexplained. It's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah.
0: Now, I have a story that we are going to talk about later, but just remember Robert Johnson's name for when I come
1: back to one of the myths that surrounds... um, Okay. Well, we might be... Yeah. We might be talking about it now this you add in whatever I will like we'll do a tag team um yeah so basically the myth with Robert Johnson and it's kind of been debunked but it also kind of hasn't like there's still a lot of confusion around what actually happened to him so he was this amazing blues musician in the south of North America so a few months after his 27th birthday Robert Johnson actually apparently made moves on the wife of the owner of the bar that he was playing at, right? Um, so obviously the owner wasn't that happy, like, what the fuck, bro? Like, that's my wife. Stop hitting on her. And the myth is that he then drunk from an open bottle of whiskey that he was offered at this bar, and then he died three days later, apparently, of poisoning. Oh,
0: is this what
1: you were talking about? That
0: is not the myth that I'm talking oh, about. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll talk about this myth now. Yeah. Just quickly. So... This, again, this is a, like, actual myth in yes. terms of, like, it's, like, got the devil in it. So it's oh, actually, okay, like, okay, okay. a myth. Okay. Um, but it's to do with Robert Johnson. So we'll pop in here and we'll just talk about it. So yep. like Liv said, he was a really, really brilliant blues guitarist. And all of this is um, from the Rookie piece that I'm going oh, to Oh, okay. Love this. So not my words, um, not even my research, but mm-hmm. I found it fascinating. So lots of people looked up to him as, like, a great blues guitarist but it turns out like he wasn't a prodigy so apparently he was even though he loved the blues at the start Uh he was really shit at playing right so he was shit then one day he disappeared and remember this is all this is all like a myth one day he did disappear and when he returned to his hometown in mississippi a year or two later he was like really fucking good at playing what the the guitar yeah like supernaturally good people said Um, So then a legend sprung up around him that he had a midnight meeting with the devil himself at a crossroads in Clarksdale. Um, And apparently Satan had offered Johnson musical genius in exchange for his immortal soul, and Johnson took the deal. So apparently the devil didn't wait long to collect his bargain, and Johnson died apparently um, of poisoning, as you said. At the age of 27. And this person has um, added to this myth and said, again, this is all just, this isn't Mm -mm. true, this is a myth, but that they decided that the devil had then. In that contract, written in, like, some of the other greats, like, that were to come. So that was, like, the
1: birth of the 27 Club.
0: Yeah, so, like, apparently just in the fine print, um, metaphorically, of course, the devil had put this, like, curse because of Johnson trading, you know, his his soul to be really fucking good at
1: blues guitar (laughs) What um, the fuck? That is such an interesting I know. Myth. I was going to say a great myth. I don't know. If it's interesting great. myth. Yeah. This the
0: writer also said. um I was also a depressed person looking to give her depression a purpose. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of myths comes from like we said before, trying to find patterns, trying to find meanings. Absolutely. She's very self aware about it. In yeah. The piece.
1: And the thing is with Robert Johnson is that. There's kind of suspicion around his death, and so I guess that kind of works really well with the fact yeah. that he could have maybe been taken by the devil. by the devil. But
0: anyway, that's like the only the only shit that I have to say. Right. <laughs> so, live continue taking us away.
1: I love it. So, really, with Robert Johnson, he could have actually died of syphilis. Right. <laughs> and so there was this whole thing about like him not getting a doctor and things like that. But a lot of places that you read, people are like, he definitely died of poisoning. Wow. So we'll never know. who knows? We'll never probably know. The next on the list is Brian Jones. So Brian Jones was in the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. And he basically died at a party, I believe. He was mixing a lot of alcohol and drugs. And he dove into a swimming pool from like a height. And he was dead. Like
0: he had his head or just
1: yeah. Well this is the thing also with Brian Jones is that there's a lot of controversy around what actually happened to him. So it's been one of like the biggest mysteries of rock and roll and people are still questioning the fact that he kind of died through crazy behavior at a party. Yeah. Even Keith Richards had said, and the mystery of his death still hasn't been solved. I don't know what happened, but there was some nasty business going on. So that was a quote from Keith Richards. Maybe a deal with the devil. Yeah, who's the guitarist from the Rolling Stones. So people have said that he was actually murdered. So associates of the Rolling Stones have claimed that they possessed information (laughs) that Jones was actually murdered. So... It was claimed in 1993 by the media that a builder doing construction work on the property who was the last man to see Brian Jones alive um, was the one to murder Brian Jones, which is all very confusing because he ended up face down in a pool. And I think there were people around it. I've watched a documentary on this, and this is ages ago, and I yeah. can't, can't quite remember. But I think, like, he was at a party, and there were people yeah. around him.
0: But people just don't want to go for the obvious option. No. You know? It's like TikTok um, sleuthing in this day and age. Yeah. Like, people don't want to just believe that the obvious no, could be absolutely. true. No, absolutely.
1: This is the whole thing with it. We love true crime. We love yeah. mysteries. We love, like, what happened there sort of yeah. thing. Um, and so apparently he could have been murdered over a pay dispute um, by oh, this builder. It's kind Just of similar very to the dramatic.
0: Pammy and Tom. Yes. Tom and Pam? Tommy and Pam. <laughs> Pammy and Tom. <laughs> kind of similar to the Tommy and uh, Pam situation. Yes. Like, you know, a pay dispute. What was he, an electrician or a plumber? Or yeah. Something? Yeah, anyway. that's definitely,
1: I know, definitely yeah. rings quite similar, doesn't it? Um, but this has apparently been debunked by a review that was done by the Sussex Police Crime Policy and Review Branch in 2010, and they said that there was no new evidence to suggest that the coroner's original verdict of death by misadventure was incorrect. So
0: that... Death by misadventure is kind of like
1: a... It's like a title for a book or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's
0: kind of a non-awful way to describe what happened. Yeah,
1: that's true. That is true. The venture got the best of him. So that was Brian Jones in 1969. And then the next member of the 27 Club, or notable member, is Alan Wilson in 1970, who was the guitarist of a band called Canned Heat. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently he had kind of a long running suffering from depression and one of his odd habits was that he liked to sleep outdoors um and he did so on the last night of his life so they found him with his hands crossed over his chest and apparently there was a bottle of barbiturates which are like sleeping pills but they're really really strong and they're really dangerous because if you're given a dose that's slightly too much for your body to handle like very slightly like it can result in coma or death wow. basically but I think other people from his band have believed that he potentially committed suicide so another one of kind of like no yeah. one fully knows what happened then that same year so a lot of these happened in 1970 and 1971 and this is kind of how as we said before, this was birth, because it was just like death after death in the rock and roll and music scene. So the next one was Jimi Hendrix, mm. 1970. He died from barbiturates again, um, a sleeping pill overdose. They don't think he committed suicide, but apparently he was just loose as didn't care what he was putting in his body. Like there was Live fast, die young l- vibes. Absolutely, would just take handfuls of pills, not, no clue what was in them. Just kind of a total yeah, a total disregard for his health and well being, I guess. Patty Smith, who is a rock and roll kind of legend in her own right, wrote a book called Just Kids and she was up and coming in the seventies and she kind of was in the scene with Jimi Hendrix and Janice Joplin and all of these people and it's a really interesting insight because I think she didn't do any of these drugs, mm. but she was around these people living fast, dying young. Yeah. Um And, yeah, if you're interested in that scene, it's definitely a good read. So, yeah, that's what happened to Jimi Hendrix. Then Janis Joplin died, I think, like, a few weeks after Jimi Hendrix. So these were two huge people. Like, they were the ones that would play Woodstock. They were headliners. So Janis Joplin died of a heroin overdose. Apparently, she went to the cigarette machine in her hotel lobby. Apparently, she was really – had had, like, a fight with her boyfriend before or, like, was super lonely. Um, And – yeah overdose on heroin and they found her sort of killed over by her oh. nightstand with the cigarettes still placed on them oh. really fucking scary yeah and then jim morrison in 1971 so only you know a few months later whatever he was the lead singer of the doors mm-hmm. and he was super like wild child like just yeah i think there's a biopic of him which I've seen, again, a wee while ago, but I remember that being quite good. Um, And he had a major issue with alcohol, so he was just drinking himself silly all the time. And he, again, died very unexpectedly. I mean, as unexpectedly as you can when you're a raging alcoholic. Um, But he died unexpectedly in Paris And the cause of his death still remains disputed. There's mystery about this. But basically, he was found in a bathtub of his apartment with his girlfriend. um, And he had had... It was listed as heart failure, but no autopsy was performed. That's what I was going to say to you. Do you
0: think, like, the autopsy, like technology or processes or whatever yeah. just wasn't there
1: yet i don't think it was there yet and so yeah there's a huge air of mystery yeah i think he was also in france so the autopsy wasn't required by the french law oh, at God. that point in time mm. so there's that whole kind of side of things as well and there were some people who claimed that they were eyewitnesses to an accidental heroin overdose, but that hasn't been confirmed And then some people were kind of talking about that his death was kept secret from reporters um, and people were saying that he wasn't dead. He was just tired. Or honestly. And his death came two years to the day after Brian Jones is from the Rolling Stones. Mm. So there's a lot of these dates and kind of series of unfortunate events going on.
0: It's kind of, it's like classic conspiracy theory when, like, there is no answer, so you're just left to find whatever answer you want. Absolutely. because there's no, we'll never have a solid answer. No. You are there, it's like a game. You're putting these clothes together and, like... It's like a sick game, but you can
1: see the thinking. And it's become this huge cultural phenomenon. There's been so many books written about it. Mm -hmm. There's this podcast called The 27 Club, and it kind of is like a storytelling. Yeah, I can imagine. Which is quite interesting. Um, And then the next member is Ronald McKernan um, who died in 1973 and he was a member of the Grateful Dead oh. and he had a major drinking problem same with Dave Alexander of the Stooges who was um, the basis of the Stooges and he had a huge drinking problem so all of these people like their livers are giving out it's actually quite scary yeah like thinking about these people are like three years older than Lucy and I yeah and like know, li-
0: like it's a sign of the times I mean not to say that I can even compare our binge drinking culture to their binge drinking culture. No, it's like the,
1: another level. Yeah, I level. mean,
0: but that sounds, like, I was going to say, that sounds like they're just fucking drinking and blah, blah, blah all the time, which obviously they are. But then I'm like, think about, like, us at uni and stuff. Yeah, If we just scary. continue like that, like, it, that shit's scary. It is.
1: You need to look after yourself. And drinking does have repercussions. And we often do talk about it lightly, especially in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But it's like... These people were young and their bodies were failing them because they were just abusing themselves.
0: And, again, this comes down to, like, their grueling touring, like, Uh schedules. Like, everything we expected from them, the fact that we loved the tortured artists, all the stuff we talked about
1: in that last episode. Like, touring, creating mental health issues or exacerbating them and then self-medicating and then having to get smashed before a show so you could even show up and, like, give the performance Mm. of a lifetime and all of this shit, right? It it makes sense and it is. Really terrifying. So then um, a guy called Pete Ham, who was from a band called Badfinger, he committed suicide. And then John Michael Bastique, who was actually an artist and like artist, artist, mm-hmm. fine artist. He died in 1988 and was part of the 27 Club. He was quite involved with like Andy Warhol. I think he mm-hmm. dated Madonna, like very much in that scene. And people were saying that he was doing like 100 bags of heroin a day.
0: What? I mean, I don't know how much is in that. No, the bag, I don't even know, know what now, that means like, either, but I'm like... How's it? that fucking possible? Yeah, how is that possible? Unless you were spending all day just taking so,
1: it. So, so scary. Yeah. And then in 1993, there was a woman called Mia Zapata, who was the lead singer of The Gits. And I haven't heard of that band, yeah. but she was murdered. Fucking hell. And then other people in that scene, like um members from Nirvana and stuff they were like putting together a search team to figure out who murdered her all of this crazy shit and then that leads us to Kurt Cobain who did die in 1994 and he died by suicide but there again was kind of an air of mystery around it um i think it has definitely been mm. proven that he, I think, yeah, he it was self inflicted. Um, and that he, I think, he had been quite troubled for a long time. But there was that whole rumor that it was Courtney Love yes,
0: that's who murdered him. What I remember
1: learning about mm-hmm. when I was,
0: when I'd first read about the 27 Club. And yeah. I think it was probably one of my first intros to conspiracy theory. Yes. And because I was young, I didn't know what to believe. And I was like,
1: wow, this is exciting. But like, what about the note he left? And like, yes, absolutely the note. And then people, it came out that some guy had said, oh, she offered me 50 grand or something Mm. to kill Kurt Cobain. But it turns out he was just like a failing musician and was trying to get in the limelight. And that's actually really awful for Courtney Love. So awful because then that rumor stuck. And then now people are still being like, wasn't she the person? Yeah, like she lost.
0: Her love. Mm -hmm. And then she also was, like, sort of blamed.
1: Yeah, and apparently she, like, really did help with the police investigation Mm -hmm. and everything like that. that was debunked. And then a few months, like, two months later after he died, a woman in her band died of a heroin overdose in a bath, (laughs) like Jim Morrison. Um, All at 27. All at 27. This This is... is all at 27. And then that brings us to there was a bit of a gap, and then Amy Winehouse passed away from she had alcohol poisoning she had a long struggle with um eating disorders as well and so that kind of contributed to i think heart failure Mm -hmm. or something like that but that was in 2011 so we would have been like what 13 yeah i was gonna say i was gonna
0: say i think we were slightly too young to know the Mm -hmm. gravity of amy winehouse's death definitely we were too young because otherwise definitely i can imagine it being ingrained in yeah. my mind. Like, Michael Jackson's death. for some reason. I didn't know who the fuck he really was,
1: but that was huge in my it was life. huge. I remember I was, like, year eight at school, and people were going around being, Michael Jackson's died, Michael Jackson's yeah, died. And, yeah, he wasn't a huge figure in no. my life growing up you either. watching the
0: news, and, like, I was thinking, was like, massive.
1: why was Amy Winehouse not that big of a deal? But yeah, a but I, I think it actually was, because, I mean, she yeah. had... A massive amount of paparazzi yeah. and everything constantly following her, but yeah, d- definitely yeah, maybe just for we us. Would, for us, yeah, absolutely, and because we were in. New if we Zealand. still lived in the UK, or if you still, <laughs> lived <in the> UK. <laughs> we still if I moved over <laughs> there with you, yeah, then maybe it would be different. But that's interesting as well. Oh. Yeah, so really, really interesting. And there have been people who have died at 27 um, after Amy Winehouse, mm. but that is kind of where like the major, major people. Yeah. Kind of stop. So yeah, as I said before, there's been quite a lot of science done about this. There's been a lot of statistical analysis. And it turns out that it's no com- more common to die at 27, which is scary, thinking about all of this shit that we've just read out, and that people die at all ages of all of those causes yeah like apparently more people die at 28 than they do at 27 and then if you think of like Mac Miller Mm. um dying at 26 and Otis Redding dying at 26 like there's a whole you could make a whole club for that yeah um
0: it's the myth-making of the media it's the myth-making
1: it is but there were some interesting findings from a research um paper done by Diana Theodora Kenny who was a professor of psychology and music and she r- studied this quite intently and she found that musicians who die young are more likely to belong to a newer genre so Uh-oh. if you think about like kind of rock and roll really taking off in the 60s and 70s yeah um, but it wasn't like jazz musicians were dying and things like that.
0: So it's like the up-and-coming, which sort of, I mean, when you think about people like Mm Tentacion, and stuff like people that we've spoken about, again, on podcasts before, and Mac Miller even probably, Mm -hmm. it actually
1: does make sense. I mean, her theory is quite an interesting one. It is, and I I guess age and, yeah, the up-and-coming scene of it being new and exciting. So, of course, the
0: young people are part of that. yeah, Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, But what she also did find that it was two to three times more likely for British pop musicians with number one albums between 20 and 39 to die compared with the general population. Mm -hmm. So this is what we were talking about before in... The episode about musical mental health saying that people in this industry are much more vulnerable to substance abuse. And the people
0: that are performing well are like also, as she's just absolutely, the more famous
1: you get, the bigger the pressure, and therefore the higher chance of something horrible happening. So that's really, really interesting. And then there's been articles about how we shouldn't call it the 27 club but the tragic six which is Jimi hendrix janice joplin brian jones amy winehouse kurt cobain and robert johnson and sort of Because there's such an air of mystery around their deaths or they were such huge icons that this is kind of maybe a better term to use for the phenomenon.
0: And also because a club insinuates something you want to join. Absolutely. And this is a thing. A better way. Yeah,
1: and like the tragic six are people who have then after their death kind of become these huge pop culture icons. Mm kind of related to tragedy and the tortured artist and everything like that. Because there's obviously a lot to learn there. And also the 60s and 70s, like if there's this graph that she's done and – the deaths in the 60s and 70s and 80s like are huge and yeah it's kind of very much decreasing which is great because they obviously had no safeguarding they had no No. knowledge of how to look after their bodies no there were all these new drugs and shit Mm -hmm. that everyone was just going ham on mixing with alcohol and other drugs absolutely like Like, yeah the spiritual revolution like yeah like everything coming out then people were just wanting to chase highs. yeah
0: and, like, so. as much as that would have been amazing at the time, like, for so many people, like, such a wild time that you romanticise in your head. It's like, well, actually, that graph yeah. that hopefully you should put in the Culture Vulture newsletter. I will.
1: Um, you can go and have a look at it. It shows that it wasn't all it was maybe,
0: no pun intended, cracked
1: up to be. Yeah, absolutely. So there's your kind of brief rundown of the 27 Club. Love
0: that. Loved learning more about this thing that I've weirdly known about for so long. Yeah,
1: no, same. Because I didn't even realise that it wasn't... Legitimate in terms of statistical, yeah, neither. Like, evidence. like I thought that was like a thing. I thought, yeah, it's probably the age where your body starts giving up after, you know, abusing it for so long. Yeah, but
0: that doesn't seem to
1: be the case.
0: And Liv, it's kind of made me think about something that I haven't mentioned on here before, but I'm going to put in on my radar. Um, when I was in Wanaka, I watched the Woodstock '99 documentary <gasps> or docu series on Netflix and weirdly like it's a three-part series and it's fucking interesting it's all about how it's like reminding me of these like chats that we're having because Uh it starts off in 69 and it was just this gorgeous glorious peaceful spiritual like we love each other event and then they run it a few more times but in 99 it's just the most fucking raucous have you seen this um, I no I you need to watch it. Oh,
1: I really it's need to so watch It's so up
0: your alley. Everyone, if you're interested in what we're talking about right now, this is also a bit of like really poor event management. Like it's mm-hmm. giving Astro World. Right. Yeah. Um and which we did talk about Woodstock 99 when we spoke about Astro World, but it's just I can't believe I haven't mentioned it on here. It's bizarre the way that they got away with all of this shit and the way they spun it and it was, like, all about making money at the end and then there were fires being fucking lit and then it was horrible, like, so many women were getting assaulted and just no one gave a fuck. Oh, my gosh. So not to go straight into on my radar, but you've made me think that's on my radar. Yeah, and
1: now that's on my radar. Yeah. For sure. That's very exciting. What's on my radar is a TV show called Easy. Again, Have you seen this? Again, I feel like I've seen it on Netflix, but I
0: haven't. I yeah. feel like I've watched one episode I as I I think you'd really like it.
1: Abby showed it to me, my oh. flatmate, a really good friend. It's so, so good. Like, every episode is different. You can kind of jump in wherever. There are, like, reoccurring characters and they're all kind of, like, interwoven in each other's stories slightly. Yeah. Um, But each episode is kind of like, there are these big themes of, like, religion, dating, sex, like monogamy, polyamory, like and it goes into it like in kind of a real life way, mm-hmm. like it's not sugar-coated and it shows the complexities of mainly relationships mm-hmm. and it's all based in Chicago. And yeah, it's just really really interesting. Like okay. really real life. Yeah. And I think you'd really like it. Okay. Yeah. Great, Rick. Also, everyone, um If
0: you haven't been listening to King Princess's new album, like, it's probably... Oh, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's probably my album of the year. I didn't realise that it was that far. It is incredible. Dotted Lines is, like, my new hype song. She's phenomenal. The whole album is, like, all about um, how she's dealing with, like, coming to terms with her body Mm -hmm. and not feeling comfortable in her body, but also being in a relationship. And, like, the song Sex Shop is amazing like it truly oh. I don't know I fucked this album so hard it's so good better than Beyonce
1: better than Lizzo like oh. better than even Mickey Rogers it's so good she's really interesting because I think her dad or her parents she's heavily, a nepo baby yeah she's a nepo baby and she was offered heaps of recording contracts and stuff but she was like no 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 I'm gonna figure out my own sound and then I'm gonna do it my way because she was obviously savvy as fuck.
0: Well, Dotted Mm. Lines, the song that I told you is my new, like, anthem, is all about how she signed a deal at 17 and she's going, I'm fucking smarter than that, I'm fucking smarter than them, they should be my biggest fan, I'm Uh feeding them. Uh Like, it's all, it reminds me of, like, when we nearly signed lots of contracts for shit you should care about before we were
1: savvy. Yeah, and it's like like that vulnerable stage where, like, everyone's kind of trying to take advantage of you. Um, love you've got to listen to it. It's oh, so
0: so good. And
1: her cover of Femme Fatale um, oh. that's originally by the father Underground. It's I really, seen good. It. Um, yeah. oh, really good. Um, yeah. also, song.
0: also the song "Let Us Die," which gives me like weirdly camp rock vibes, which I love, but also. Rock star. I'm vibes. so intrigued about. I know. That. I know. I did. I can't even put my finger on why. Like mm. it's just a feeling. Anyway, it's got Taylor Hawkins, who um, is the iconic drummer from the Foo Fighters, who passed away earlier in the year, and it's got his drums on it, and it's just amazing. Oh, wow. you're gonna love this album. Oh, I can't wait. I literally. And we're going to see her. Yes. Yeah. I know. Before Florence. Yeah, but I'm way more
1: excited. Opening for, for Florence and the Machine. That right. is going to be fucking amazing.
0: Anyway, team, um, a few things. One, don't troll online. Yes. Two, subscribe to the Culture Vulture newsletter by becoming an annual or monthly Cisco supporter. Three... Thank you for listening to us as per and four. Thank you to T.I. Butler, who you always have to know with last name.
1: <laughs> um, i being our a wonderful producer. and five. Look after yourself. Don't drink too much. Alcohol. Oh yeah. And don't take too many drugs. And lean into
0: anxiety if you actually do drink a little bit. But don't drink too much. Yeah. Okay. Great That's advice. all from us. Great. We're now on a us, Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.